Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Hope you've had a blessed week. I want to welcome those of you, especially uh, who are online with us there, whether you're on Facebook or Twitter at HBC Tullahoma, uh, YouTube is Highland Baptist Tullahoma, and then we also have our phone live streaming. Uh, welcome this morning. If you're online there, we encourage you to go to our church website, uh, go to the info tab. It's under the info tab that you can download uh, today's worship bulletin. Uh, you can also download there the children's worship bulletins. If you need either of these in person, our ushers will be glad to come around and give you one. Uh, if you need them, they're in the windowsill over here for the children. Uh, and then also you can download uh, your prayer list uh, there under the info tab. So be sure to take the time to do that. Uh, we want to welcome everybody who's here in person too this morning. Glad to have you with us uh, here. We're going to be sharing about our Calgary mission trip a little while later uh, in the service. So you pray for us as we do that. And then for the message uh, also, we didn't have any really special music uh, because of that this morning. Uh, we wanted to give as much time uh, to sharing about that trip uh, to Calgary. So Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us in our worship. Brother? brother Tony, like your solo note on your morgue got stuck, I thought Rima did just then. I just, I just thought it was home. That's really good. Isaiah 9, 6 summarized says, for, a, uh, for us a child is born, and he will be called wonderful. Let's praise the Lord this morning because of his wonder. His name is Wonderful 203. Join the choir. Well, as we come to our missionary moment uh, time of, the, of Sunday of our service, I want to bring your attention to Shahid and Marufa Kamal, uh, who are church planning missionaries in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, they are uh, planning a church there amongst the 300,000 South Asian people uh, that are part of the greater Vancouver area. Uh, and so as they are doing that, reaching across the, the, the language barriers there uh, and sharing the gospel with them, they have had many people even, uh, they, it shares there that they've had uh, four children from Pakistan uh, several years ago that came. Uh, now they're trying to make their church a place where South Asians uh, can find love and support uh, through this process. So we want to uplift them uh, as they're there in British Columbia. And you may not think of British Columbia being a place to reach South Asians. You'll hear about that in our in our mission trip report today too from Canada uh, about the diversity of ethnic uh, groups that are all across uh, Canada. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for the Kamals as they're serving there in British Columbia. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for the many blessings that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us into your presence here this morning. Uh, Lord, we want to worship you with all that we have and all that we are. And Lord, as we come before you, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, that you would cleanse us uh, from all of our unrighteousness, that you would hear our prayers and answer in a powerful way. Lord, we especially this morning want to lift up uh, the Kamal family and ask, Lord, that you will bless them as they seek to reach those 
those 300 South Asians there uh, in the greater Vancouver area of British Columbia. Lord, we pray that uh, as they cross even cultural barriers there themselves, Father, I pray that you will open up windows of opportunity and doors of opportunity for them to share the gospel, for people to come to faith in Christ. And Lord, we just ask your special blessings upon them, upon all of our international missionaries and our North American missionaries, and even those missionaries who are serving uh, across our state. So, Father, we ask that you would bless our service also this morning. We want to hear from you, and may you speak through us and to us. And, Father, we pray that you'll be glorified and honored as we uplift the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, let me just remind you, especially if you're there online on the website there, HighlandBaptistChurch.com, go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab there. Uh, you can do your online giving there. You can send it to us in the mail. You can drop it by any time uh, during the week uh, to the church. Uh, but it's a real easy, simple platform there that you can set up your recurring gifts or one-time gift. You can be able to designate. You can do that if you're here in person also. Uh, but if you'd like to do it with an envelope, those are in the pew in front of you, and you can just place it in the offering plates uh, up here at the front or at the doors uh, as you leave today. And then I just want to welcome those who are guests with us this morning, especially if you're one of our first-time guests. Uh, we have some bags on the sides of the stage at the doors. Also, we encourage you to pick up one of those. Just got some information about our church in it. Uh, it's got some gifts that we want to give to you uh, and, and just say welcome. Thank you for being here with us this morning. So be sure to pick up one of those. Uh, you may even find in the back of your pew there uh, the guest card. Encourage you to fill that out or to use the QR code there to on the front to fill that out online. And then for all of us, uh, members and otherwise too, we want to encourage you to fill out another one. Uh, you filled out this probably three years ago maybe uh, of our Highland Connection cards, but we want to encourage you to fill out another one of these per family. Uh, one of the reasons being is we've added an extra question on here. Uh, this gave us permission to send you uh, the prayer requests when we have special prayer requests. But we've added also if you would like to be put onto a list when there's any kind of special announcements or any upcoming events at the church that we would give you that call out or a text uh, with that too like we do with the prayer list. And so we need your permission to do that so that's why we need you to fill this out. Make sure all the information is, is up to date on it uh, so that way we can be able to get the current information into our computer system to be able to contact you with those things. But we are so glad to see everybody that's here this morning. I hope you're going to receive a blessing uh, from the re mission report as well as from the message. Brother Mike, if you'll come in. For those of you that like to see the notes, join us as we sing hymn 345. The rest of the words are on the screen. Join the choir as we sing, Now I Belong to Jesus. Ladies.
Uh, Children's Church will be gathering during the next song over on the piano side over here. Turn your hymnals to 296 and join us as we sing Jesus is Lord of All. And it'll be all three verses. So ladies. Jesus is Savior and Lord of my life, my hope, my glory, my all. Wonderful Master in joy and in strife, on Him you do make all. Jesus is Lord. for the words not being there. We uh, were trying to get everything ready for this part that we wanted to share with you, and uh, that was taking uh, quite a bit of time to do. I'm going to ask if y'all will go ahead and come. This is Dwayne and Ella Thames. They both uh, went with us from our church uh, on the trip, um, and uh, we'll share a little bit more about some uh, guests that we have here too. Uh, I just wanted to tell you kind of how we got to this place of going uh, on this mission trip to try to, to get us kind of started off here uh, and then to share some with you with some of the slides that you'll see. And you may not be able to read everything uh, that's on some of the slides that we took of some of the information about Calgary. This is our entire group. We had 11 people uh, from the Duck River Association, three from our church, and the rest were from uh, various other churches throughout uh, our association. Uh, we actually went, I actually went with uh, several other pastors, uh, for those of you who didn't know, about three years ago on a vision trip. Uh, it may have been four years ago, actually. I think it was 2018, so it is four years coming up on in September. Uh, and uh, just a vision trip to, to see if this may be something God would want us to be involved in and to help 
uh, with, that, with reaching out to, to the lost people there of Calgary. Uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one who so far has gone back as one of the pastors, but there are several other churches that are uh, planning to go back in the next year. Uh, COVID kind of came and knocked us out of going with all the restrictions uh, that were there. Uh, we did support a church planter to actually go there, uh, Josh Hatfield and his family. Uh, Josh has since uh, left from there. He actually uh, officially left the 1st of August and went back uh, to North Carolina. So uh, the ministry still is continuing on there, though. The Aspen Network, which it's called now, it used to be called Tapestry Network, uh, of the mission churches, uh, the plant church plants there uh, are still going very strong. Uh, just to share with you about Calgary itself, Calgary has about 1.4 million people uh, in population. Uh, the largest percentage being between the ages of 25 and 50 years old. Uh, the world's largest oil firms have offices uh, in Calgary. Uh, it receives the best sunlight throughout the year. We experienced that uh, while we were there. Uh, what was it? 17 hours, I think, or so of, of daylight. And so uh, you had to kind of get used to that. It, it's home to over 120 languages just there in Calgary. Uh, just under or about 25% are foreign born. Some of those are refugees who have uh, sought refuge in Canada uh, and that's one of the places that they've moved to and, and been relocated to. The average uh, age is 37 years old. Uh, so a, a whole lot different uh, demographic and dynamic there in Calgary than most of uh, even the US. It's the fifth most livable city in the world and many times is there in the top one, two, sometimes it flips back and forth between uh, a couple of there of the cleanest cities uh, in the world. Uh, there are more volunteers per capita than any other uh, Canadian city, uh, especially when they do uh, the, the stampede, which is a big, huge rodeo uh, that they do uh, there. It's a lot of different culture, and uh, because of those different ethnicities that have come there, some as refugees, many bringing their religious beliefs with them, and so there's a lot of boundaries and a lot of barriers to have to cross with them. It's slow to build relationships just with Canadians themselves. Uh, but when you do build those relationships, uh, they're very strong. Uh, here's another thing that you may not know uh, about Calgary. It has the highest number of millionaires per capita. It's a very wealthy uh, city, but only 5% are evangelical Christians uh, there in Calgary. Canada's largest mosque uh, Muslim mosque uh, complex was built in 2008 in Calgary. And, and so that's kind of a little bit about Calgary and how we got there. Uh, and I wanted them to share just a little bit too, some of their experience, some of the things we did. We actually were able to do uh, some sort of what we might call here backyard Bible clubs, uh, where we got to do kind of a rotation thing like we do with VBS, doing some Bible stories, doing some snacks and recreation, Dwayne did uh, with the kids. But even more than just that, lots of times uh, we were assisting and helping other mission teams and, and other church plants who were there so that their people could be out mingling and talking with the people who were coming for those events. And, and so we were kind of support uh, in a lot of ways. So Ella, if you want to come first and then Dwayne. Right. Well, Brother Jim has just said a whole lot of what was on my paper. So <laughs> this is going to be quick then. Uh, Matthew 28 and 19, command, uh, Jesus commands us to go ye therefore into all the world. And we've been studying in Sunday school in Colossians. And today's one of the verses was whatever we do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And so we were blessed to go on this mission trip uh, to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, a lot of the churches that have been started meet in com uh, community centers or uh, one of them was in a seminary or other places that have been provided by the good Lord. Uh, he already mentioned that COVID has delayed this mission trip by three years. Um, we had 11 people from five different churches. Uh, a couple of them are here today visiting, which surprised me thoroughly. One of them was my partner during the week. Uh, his name um, was Mr. Ralph. He is from Montana. He wore a big cowboy hat the entire time. The children loved that. He wore cowboy boots. 
and he had a belt buckle on that was bigger than my waist, practically. <laughs> and of course, most of those things had to be removed every time we went through security. So that was always fun. Um, Brother Mark Puckett uh, gave us a lot of uh, information to uh, help us with uh, our, our plans and our travel. And I guess Brother Jim already mentioned that only 5% per percent, uh, profess to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, which meant 95% of the people we met were lost. And that stuck with me in, in my paperwork and all. One thing that Brother Mark mentioned that we really had to, be, to do was to be flexible. <laughs> Things changed from day to day. Flights got canceled. Flights got delayed. Uh, so uh, we, we worked together really well on the trip. Um, Brother Ralph, by the way, I think is about six foot six. Is that about right? Something like that. Six foot three. Okay. Well, he seemed six foot six to me. But <laughs> anyway, we also had five prayer partners uh, that we uh, asked to pray for us uh, for weeks ahead and through that week. And we truly were encouraged by those prayers and being lifted up by each and every one of you. As Brother Jim mentioned, we sort of did like a vacation Bible school was what we did for four days, but we did also help another church four of those days uh, with a soccer camp. <laughs> that was real interesting. Um, we were very, very busy and uh, kept busy for the Lord. Um, we had five activities that we did during our vacation Bible school. We had a Bible story, we had music, we had crafts, snack time, and recreation. We had good weather, we had big mosquitoes, <laughs> and we had no sickness or accidents, which we were blessed. Um, finally, uh, I'm almost to the end because he said most of it. <laughs> I saw God working from day one. Dwayne laid down his cell phone in the Nashville airport, and he, re he realized it when we got to the first uh, security stop. He's like, where's my cell phone? So he goes back and um, miraculously, I guess, is the way I'll put that, uh, the lady that found it did not have time to go all the way across the airport to take his cell phone to Lost and Found. So he was able to retrieve his cell phone quickly and we moved on. Um, the uh, second little funny thing that happened was Dwayne and I, if there could be a picture, but there's probably not, of us trotting through the airport in Toronto, Canada with our shoes under our uh, elbow because we didn't want to take time to put them back on. We were so afraid we were fixing to miss our plane back to Nashville. But we made it, we didn't fall. Uh, Mr. Ralph kept up with us wonderfully and uh, we had a great time. My last takeaway from the trip was that we planted a whole lot of seeds and there's gonna be uh, lots of opportunity for folks to go to Canada in the years to come and uh, to spread the gospel. And thank you for your prayers and support. Amen. Uh, let me just kind of say what Ella said. We are very, very grateful for your prayers. Um, most people think that's nothing. Well, the reality is that your prayers mean more uh, than maybe what we do there because your, your prayers supported uh, our efforts. And God will, like she said, these seeds that we planted, we may never, ever see the results of those plantings. But because of your prayers, because of our efforts, God will use those and God will um, bless Calgary, the people there, uh, with his grace and his mercy in his time. Um, a couple things I'd like to talk about is, um, and Jim mentioned the diversity uh, of religions, diversity of ethnicity there. Um, you don't have to go across the world anymore uh, the world is coming to us, he, even here in the United States. But in Calgary, uh, it's very evident. 
um, the, the Sunday that we got there, uh, Ella and I and uh, another couple, um, Josh and John and Hammer, decided we wanted to go to one of the churches and, and worship that evening. And so we went to uh, a Congolese church and um, they didn't speak any English uh, I understood a little bit of the French at first but then they spoke their tribal language but it brought tears to my eyes when they were singing and dancing and just enjoying the Lord in their worship uh, you've got to remember some of these people are refugees um, their family members have been killed some women may have been raped um, children have been killed but yet here they are. They're worshiping, they're singing, they're praising God with joy in their heart. And that brought back a lot of really happy memories for me. And I thank God that no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances are, you can worship and you can worship with joy. Um, another thing that really struck me was the youth of the area. Uh, what would you say? The average age is 38? Yeah. Yes, 36. 36. But uh, the youth, uh, they're very, very young. The population is very young. During our vacation Bible schools, mainly it was for the smaller children. But one of the pastor's sons, his name was Faithful. What a great name, Faithful. Um, he really didn't participate in the, the Bible study and everything, but what he did, he brought friends, and they played basketball, okay? And, um, and I saw him witness to people. And we, we had the opportunity. Um, I had on one day to uh, opportunity to witness to five uh, young people, youth people, and then on the following day, um, Pastor, uh, former Pastor at Tullahoma, um, Herb uh, Hester, uh, had an opportunity to witness to six young people that came because of faithful inviting him, uh, them to come. And I thought to myself, well, I wish we would be as faithful to invite people to come and hear the gospel. And also, not just to come to hear it, but also tell the gospel. We have that responsibility, not just to tell them to come, but also to share it wherever we find our friends and any of the relationships that we have. The third thing I would like to mention is um, how God uses things that we may not prefer to do. Um, God started with me in vacation Bible school here the one thing, Amanda, I would not have chosen to do, where are you, Amanda, if you're not here, would be, she was our vacation Bible school director here, was to work with um, preschool and kindergarten in recreation. Little did I know, little did I know how God would use that opportunity in something I would not prefer to do. But God used that when we had our meeting to go to Calgary, and I decided, well, maybe God can use me too in recreation, and God did, and I got to blow bubbles. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Bubbles, but yet have uh, these children uh, have a connection with you, and so that they would trust you enough that they would listen to the gospel. I got to play a little bit of basketball with the older kids too. But God really blessed our time there, and I'm looking forward to hearing what God is going to continue to do through that church network that you, you have supported. And I thank God for that. Amen. Thank you. You know, it was an awesome opportunity for all of us uh, in many different ways. and. Uh, would you want to share anything, Ellie? I know you're visiting. Come on up.
Yes. <laughs> Do you want to say any word, Ralph? You good? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was an awesome opportunity, as you can see there. That's kind of Bible study there. And sometimes we had to break it up as the week grew. When we first started at the beginning of the week, we only had a few uh, who came. But as the week went on, to the one that we did specifically ourselves that we ran, uh, then it became more and more throughout the week. Now, we would do our kids' camp that we would do in the morning, uh, and then in the afternoon, we would go and help another church, uh, the other church uh, plants there with their uh, kids' camps. And so we, we got opportunities to talk with the kids. We got opportunities to talk uh, with the parents, uh, to share the gospel with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things we kind of alluded to it there, you know, being kind of Gumby, being flexible, uh, that was the running joke with, with Mark uh, Puckett, our director of missions, uh, because he, he drilled that in us the whole time. So uh, we probably will soon present him with a Gumby <laughs> for being so flexible. Uh, but there was all kind of different things that we did. And like uh, Dwayne said, sometimes you did things that maybe weren't in your comfort zone, but God used it in, in tremendous ways. Uh, and, and one of the things that Mark stressed to us too was we may not personally lead someone to Christ on the trip we were on, but those touches that we're making with those kids and those parents, some of them have never ever heard about God, never even heard about Jesus. And so you're moving them from way out there just a, a, a inch closer and an inch closer and an inch closer uh, to Jesus. Some of them did uh, know about the Lord as they maybe had already been coming some to the church plants there. Uh, and so we had those uh, opportunities there. I think the very first day that we did our kids camp, because we had so few, we sent some of our guys out uh, and ladies to go out into the community and to do some more canvassing. They had already been done, but to do some more. Uh, and, and they were able to, to talk with several people. In fact, this one young girl, her name was Rosanna, uh, who came and, or came and helped. She wanted to know, she was a teenager, about 14, I believe it was, 15, something like that. And she wanted to know, she was a Christian already, and wanted to know, can I help? And so she helped us many times in, in Bible study and crafts and, and everything that we were doing. She went around uh, with the kids. And, and so it was a great opportunity for us to build and to encourage uh, into her. Uh, one of the moments that stood out to me, uh, of course, if you followed my Facebook and my Instagram, you would think all I did while I was in Canada was eat because <laughs> I love posting food. <laughs> it's safe to post food and family and faith. <laughs> and so uh, you don't create much drama with those things on, on social media. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, we had this one little girl uh, who was there. Uh, her mom was there with her every day. And the very first day that we were there with her in the kids' camp, uh, she had gotten her mom's phone and, and she had her, I think I have, yeah, I have mine here. And she had it like this up to her face, and she's a little, little small. You may have seen the picture there of me holding a little uh, child there. Uh, she's like one and a half, something like that, two maybe at the most. But she's doing, walking around saying, cheese, 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 and wanting us to take pictures. Well, the next days, just because of our love and our, our, our reaching out to them, she would come to me. I don't know if she did this to the rest, but she did this to me every single day. She would be in her mom's arms. She would push off from her mom wanting to get down. She would get down and she would run over to wherever I was. She would lift her hands up for me to pick her up. Her name is Elizabeth, uh, and, and she would just hug on you just hug on you. And so what a blessing that was that we think we're there to be a blessing to them, but they're also being a blessing to us. I learned how to untangle a lot of bracelets. They were making friendship bracelets and stuff, cords. And it was windy that first day. I don't know if you saw the picture with, with me and Ella. Uh, that day was rainy cold and uh, Ella was bundled up and I'm in a short sleeve shirt. And uh, uh, we were out there, and, and so the crafts, it got blowed everywhere as we were uh, trying to do uh, the, the friendship bracelets and putting the little things on them. Uh, and they got all tangled up, and so I learned how to untangle uh, a lot of those things. And a lot of what we did was just serve. Uh, so that first day, we were, I guess it was the first day, 
maybe a second day that we were really busy uh, that we actually went to a third church on that particular day and helped them with a block party uh, that they had set up and there were hundreds of people who came for that I think we started out with 300 hot dogs and wound up with close to 500 that we wound up doing uh, they we went up immediately and asked them you know we're here we're the team that's here to help you what can we do and they said if you guys can come back here and do the hot dogs and the popcorn and the drinks and the buns and all those things that'll let us be out there to talk to the people and, and so that was a lot of what we did uh, there was another mission team that was there to help with the kids camps uh, from Kentucky they had a large group but there was a lot of kids and they needed support help with those things so uh, just to say all that because next year we're planning again uh, the association's already got two weeks that are on the calendar the last two weeks of July so if you're interested if maybe any of this has sparked some interest in you that maybe you would like to go it, it, it's a fun trip it's work and, and sharing the gospel and just uh, ministering to the kids and doing things that we normally do here uh, as a part of church that they don't always get to be uh, a part of but there were also times where we just got to go also on on the last Friday that we were there we actually got to go uh, to Banff and, and spend some times up in the Canadian Rockies there beautiful beautiful place so uh, you get to do some of those things uh, while you're there too and so uh, we just wanted to share with you about this trip there's so much more we could spend the whole service uh, talking about that but uh, just wanted to share with you those things and thank you again your support your prayers uh, especially your prayers in, in going uh, with us through that means so thank you again so much for all that you've done uh, well I do want to share with you God's Word this morning and so I want to ask you if you will to take your Bibles and turn over to Mark chapter 8 and I'm probably not going to get through a whole of my message this morning but that's the good thing about me preaching chapter by chapter verse by verse I can finish the rest of it tonight in tonight's message so I'm probably just going to get through this first point that I want to share with you but we're just going to read uh, beginning here with verse uh, we'll just read the whole verses and then we'll come back uh, we'll read verses 22 through verse 26 so let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of his word mark chapter 8 and verse 22 and they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning, for your truth. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you will speak to us through this message this morning entitled, Who Jesus Is. Lord, I pray that we would be able to answer that question for ourselves as we've been looking at all of these miracles and, and looking, Lord, at, at your hand at work in bringing Jesus to this place that we're at in the passage here. Help us, Lord, to realize and to recognize in our hearts who Jesus is. Bless your word, and, and we ask, Lord, that you will speak in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So there are really only two points that I want to make from this message uh, this morning, two parts of this verse, uh, that are interconnected with each other. It actually is that section, uh, verse 22 through 26, and then the second section is verse 27 down through verse 30. Uh, the first part is the story of this blind man. The second part is the confession of Peter. One story shows us what Jesus does. The second story shows us who Jesus is. And so I want you to see what Jesus does in these first verses in verse 22 through verse 26. Isaiah 35 verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. That was a messianic prophecy about Jesus, about the Messiah who would come and what he would do. And so those who were seeing the miracles and 
seeing all of those things Jesus was doing, should have been able to connect the two together, the acts that he was doing and the Old Testament prophecies to say, whoa, a light bulb's come on. He is the Messiah. Uh, but what, what I want to show you here under what Jesus does is his unequaled power, the unequaled power of Jesus' healing. You see that in verse 22, because nobody else, not, no one ever healed the blind except Jesus. Seven men were healed from blindness in the scriptures. Uh, Jesus cared for this man's friends. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 29, 18, And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. It was these friends, when we read those verses there, it was these friends who cared enough about their friend to bring him to Jesus. And they are the ones who begged him, who begged Jesus to touch him. And so notice some things about this. First of all, they went right to the source of healing. Uh, they went to the only source that they is. They took this man to the right place, to Jesus Christ. Uh, and I want to say right away, you know, God uses doctors and nurses and, and medicine and technology and hospitals and, and research. He uses all of those things in healing. God has given doctors uh, some great wisdom, and they work hard to discover uh, the wisdom, that wisdom from God, and God uses all of those things. Uh, but God wants us to know that he uses that and that he, is the ultimate healer. So, so notice what happens here. These friends bring their friend, this blind man, to the source of healing, and they beg Jesus to, to give him a healing touch. Now notice what's interesting here. This blind man never prayed for Jesus to heal him, at least that we read of in the Scriptures. He never asked Jesus to heal him. Now, I'm sure he wanted Jesus to heal him, but it was these friends who prayed for him. They begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. You know, that's so encouraging to us this morning that Jesus answered their prayer because that shows us that, that some of the people that we care about that need a healing touch and that we can pray for them and we can go to the source of healing for them and Jesus will hear those prayers on behalf of those individuals. You know, think about this. Do you know somebody in your own heart and in your life who needs that kind of healing touch? Uh, someone who, who, who needs Jesus. I can tell you something about every person that you're going to meet tomorrow, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's at school, whether it's in the community, whether it's in your neighborhood. Every person has a hurt in their heart. They have a hurt in their life. Now, they may be smiling on the outside. They may look like they've got it all together on the outside, but on the inside, they're hurting. Secondly, we see not only are they hurting, everyone needs healing. Everyone needs healing of some sort. And, and so what I want to encourage you today is, is tomorrow especially to, to ask God, maybe even today, to ask God to, to, to open your eyes to really see past the surface of what's going on in people's hearts, to see the hurt that is on the inside, to see that person really as they are and, and what's going on because every person needs healing. And you may be the very person like these friends, to take them to Jesus. Now, there are basically four kinds of healing that God does. There's the physical healing. That's the miracles primarily of, of relieving human suffering and, and reversing the effects of sinness and disease. And then there's emotional healing. Uh, that's the healing of, a, of emotional or mental scars from the past that can affect everything in your, in your life in the present, like the hurts and the brokenness and, and the tears. But God can take all of those damaged emotions and, and change it into something beautiful. In fact, it's the hurts that turn us many times to turn towards the healer. It is the brokenness in our hearts and our lives that can turn into blessedness. You know, sometimes we don't like to cry, and we say sometimes real men don't cry, but I don't tell you real men cry. Your tears can turn into treasure when you turn to the source who can bring healing to Jesus. There's also relational healing. 
And this is the healing of relationships that have been broken, whether it's over mistrust or abuse or cheating or bad behavior or any number of things. God has the power to heal and, and, and restore broken relationships. We see it all the time. I could give you example after example of people I've seen even in the church. You know, the two greatest commands are, are this, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love thy neighbor as thyself, to love others. Love God, love others. And, and it's hard for us sometimes to love others the way that we ought to love others when there's brokenness in our relationships. And so we need healing to be able to love them like Jesus. And then there's another type of healing. There's spiritual healing. The greatest healing of all is that spiritual healing because we're all infected with that disease of sin. And so when you fall headlong into the sea of God's grace and forgiveness, then you're raised to walk in a newness of life, totally forgiven, totally cleansed, totally saved. It's the greatest miracle of all, that spiritual healing. So understand that everyone needs some sort of healing. And so ask God to open your eyes to see past the surface, to see the real hurt, and to begin to allow you to be used by Him to reach out to others. Notice something else, that these friends cared deeply for this man. They cared enough to want him to get well. Now, apparently he had been blind all of his life. Uh, so these friends, they would have been accustomed to his blindness, to, to that daily routine year after year of, of having to help him get around. Uh, but here they were years later, and they were still caring. They were still hoping. They were still praying. And they had begun to hear word of Jesus and the miracles that he was doing. And they had heard Jesus had come to Bethsaida. And so they thought, we need to get our friend to Jesus. They were wanting him to be made whole. Uh, so notice their care. It, it was deep and it was genuine. And when Jesus sees them, Jesus sees their heart. Uh, these friends believed that Jesus could heal this blind man. And it was primary, primarily their faith and their belief that led Jesus to act. They brought this man and they begged Jesus to heal him. You know, that's a strong lesson for us there on intercession. You keep on praying for those friends who are, who are going through difficulties and struggles. Uh, maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Maybe it's something spiritual in their heart and in their life. Maybe it's some other issue. But you keep interceding on behalf of them and you don't give up. We ought to care enough to bring people to Jesus and to beg God to heal them, love them like Jesus. But I want you to notice also this unusual place of Jesus' healing. Notice there in verse 22 again in verse 23. And they came to Bethsaida. And it says, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village in the beginning of verse 23. Then read again verse 26. He sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. So, so get the picture here. Jesus has come to this village, to this town, if you will, of Bethsaida. And while he's there, there are some people who are bringing their friend to Jesus to be healed of his blindness. Now, that's not unusual. Because Jesus healed all kinds of people during his ministry. He healed lepers and cripples and, and demoniacs and he raised the dead and, and he had healed a bunch of people who had been blind just like this man. And so why does Jesus... Look at what happens here. He takes the man out of the city, out of the village there. Why doesn't Jesus, right there where this man comes with his friends, why doesn't he stop right there and bring healing to this man? Why does he take him outside of this town? Well, notice that before Jesus healed this man, he took him outside. That's what verse 23 says. Verse 26 says, don't go back to the town. He told him not, return, not to return to Bethsaida. What's going on there? What's that all about? Uh, well, let's look at this town of Bethsaida. Let me tell you some things about Bethsaida that you may not have remembered. It was the home, Bethsaida was the home of Andrew, Peter, and Philip. You remember that? It was located on the northeast side of the Sea of Galilee. It was the place where Jesus had performed some of his greatest miracles. It was the place where Jesus fed the 4,000 uh, that we talked about before. It was a blessed city 
But it was also a cursed city because of their stubborn unbelief. Why heal this man out outside of Bethsaida and then tell him not to go back there? Well, Bethsaida doesn't have a good reputation with Jesus. If you look back at Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 21, here's what Jesus says. He says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done entirely, in Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Now, we don't know exactly what the issue here was uh, here, but woe to Bethsaida. What on earth was wrong with Bethsaida? Uh, what was wrong with them is that they had a reputation of being an unbelieving place, an unbelieving town, and were told that they needed to repent. And, and the Bible says they weren't doing it. And, you know, when Jesus did miracles in their town, they hadn't been impressed. Uh, when they, uh, what they saw didn't change their hearts. And so Jesus takes this blind man by the hand and, and he begins to walk him out of the village and then heals him. You see, understand what's going on here. This is a place of unbelief. And so Jesus has to lead this man outside that village of unbelief to take him to a place of belief, a place of healing. It's so interesting, and I think it also means that this man probably, uh, who is from Bethsaida, probably had a, a mixed bag, if you will, of faith and doubt. He was probably a lot like us uh, where he had that tension between faith and doubt. And staying there in Bethsaida, which was a place where they already had rejected Jesus, already had begun to reject uh, his miracles, uh, he, he's having that conflict in, in his heart and in his mind of faith and doubt. So Jesus has to get him out of that location, out of that place. Uh, it, you know, it, it's like another man who came to Jesus and asked Jesus to heal his child. And you remember what Jesus said to him? He said, I will if you believe. Do you believe? And the man said, yes, I believe. And then he says this, help my unbelief. There was a, a tension, a struggle there. And, and so Jesus, with that man, took that, imper that little bit of imperfect faith and he healed that man's child. And, and that's so often the way we are. Uh, we, we come with this mixed bag of faith and doubt, and, and it's like, Lord, I know you're going to come through. Lord, I know you promised you're going you're to help, but are you really going to do it? But say it, it wasn't a good place to be healed because it wasn't a place of belief, a place of faith. You see, that was the problem for the blind man in our story today. He had been in Bethsaida way too long. You know, when you're in places that you know you ought not to be, it begins to affect you. It begins to change your thoughts. It begins to change your attitudes. If you hang around with negative people all the time, that's going to change your mind. That's going to change your way of thinking about things. And this man had been in Bethsaida, a place of unbelief, for far too long. Uh, and so this, that was the problem for this blind man here. Uh, he had been around the citizens of that town for too long. He had allowed himself to be influenced by their lack of faith and their lack of morality. And so in order to do anything in this man's life, Jesus had to get him out of Bethsaida and keep him out. Understand this, if you want to grow in your faith, there are certain places you shouldn't go. There are certain things you shouldn't be doing because those things are going to influence you in a negative way. You know, so often we think, well, well, maybe I'll be the influence on them. And so often we're not. The peer pressure comes on us and, and it begins to affect us. If you want Jesus to do something powerful in your life, then there are places you shouldn't be. Jesus always comes through when we're at the right place in the right time, the place of belief, the place of trust in Him. But if you're not where you need to be in your relationship with God, why would you expect Him to bring blessing into your life? If you're living out there in sin, why would you expect God to bless you? That's often what we do. We, we come and we just live whatever way we want to live. We do whatever we want to do. And then we get in a crisis. We get in a trouble. And we cry out to God, God, help me. And we expect God to come like a bellboy. God, I need you to come and, and, and meet this need that I have. Sometimes God does because he wants to show us his grace and his mercy. 
And then all too often, we turn our backs again and we're back to doing the same things that we used to do. Jesus always comes through when you're in the right place, the place of belief, the place of trust in him. If you're not where you need to be in your relationship with him, why would you expect to receive those blessings? Blessings come from God by our obedience. There's another point I want you to see before we move on from these verses. His friends brought him to Jesus. There's nothing in this story that says it was his idea. He's only there because they brought him to Jesus. Let me ask you this. Who have you brought to Jesus? Who have you shared with your faith with? Jesus takes him from this place of unbelief to a place of faith because of his friends. And Matthew chapter 13 verse 58 tells us about another place in, in Nazareth. It says, and he, Jesus, did not do mighty works there in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Over and over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus tells people that it was their faith that healed them. Now, how much faith does Jesus say we have to have? He says even just the grain of a mustard seed, which is very tiny if you've ever seen a mustard seed, is enough to move a mountain. So it doesn't take very much faith. And yet the Bible says over and over that, that it was because of their faith that he healed him. That's why Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. What is faith? Faith is forsaking all things I trust in him and him alone. This man is there because his friends brought him there. He's not there because he, he believes Jesus can heal him. You have friends who may not believe yet, but you keep on taking them to Jesus. Maybe you're not taking them physically. Maybe it's just that you're uplifting them in prayer and then eventually leading them to faith in Jesus. All oh, that the people in your life would have friends like this man's friends, that you would be that kind of friend. Understand this, you can't make that decision for your friends, but getting them to Jesus brings one more touch into their hearts and their lives to bring the powerful healing of his hands. You may have friends and your friends may have doubts. I believe this man, as we said, was in that tension, but God took that little bit of ordinary faith that he had and he reached down and he took this man's hand and that man reached out and he took the hands of Jesus. That man responded when he took that hand. That was, that's like us accepting the free gift of grace, of faith in Jesus. And he walked him from that village of unbelief to a place of faith. That ought to encourage us uh, that, that, because that, that means it's, it's not even about our faith. We can have just ordinary imperfect faith, but if we put it all in the hands of Jesus, if we reach out our hand, he'll take our hand and he'll work with that. Notice what Jesus didn't say to this man. Jesus didn't say to this man, you've got so much doubt in your life, you're from this place of Bethsaida, this place of unbelief, so I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to heal you. You're a doubter. No, he didn't do that. He just lovingly took this man by his hands and he leads him out of the place of doubt. You know, that's what we're called to simply do to lead people from a place of unbelief to the place of belief. And sometimes that takes a lifetime to lead somebody from where they are to faith in Christ. What we need to do, whether it's through our pains or whether it's through our struggles, is to be faithful to follow Jesus one step at a time, one moment at a time, one day at a time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth this morning. Father, I pray and thank you so much for the opportunity we had to go on this mission trip to Calgary. But Lord, there are many opportunities right here where we are. And so Lord, I pray that we would be faithful where you have placed us. Uh, Lord, to be faithful, to, to be looking around us for those opportunities for friends and, and, and acquaintances that we may come across, maybe even someone we may see at a restaurant today. Lord, that we would share with them that encouragement of the gospel, that encouragement of your love. Lord, you have placed us where you have placed us. You have put us in the circle of people that are a part of our life for a reason. 
Help us, Lord, to be faithful, to share with them that love. And to know, Lord, that all we have to do is bring them to you. It's not our responsibility to save them. It's not our responsibility to change them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's your work in their life. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to do our part. Father, I pray that you will begin to stir our hearts this week to be looking for those opportunities. And may you bring about healing in our friends' lives, in our family members' lives, in, our, in people that we know in our community or at school. Help, help us, Lord, to be used by you in your kingdom work. Bless us. Lord, maybe there's some who are here this morning who are hurting in their heart and they need Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would come by faith this morning to say, here I am, God. I need Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Father, I pray they'd call out to you and say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I trust in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross. I was buried in that tomb and three days later rose again. Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray that if anybody like that has prayed that this morning or even someone online, that they would just comment there in the comments. If someone's here this morning, that they would come forward this morning to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Whatever decisions need to be made, Lord, maybe you're leading some to come and join our fellowship. Whatever you are desiring to do, have your way and have your will in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation?
cards here. So let me start over here. <laughs> this is Myra Patton and this is Felicia and Tyler. Uh, they're coming this morning to move their membership uh, to our church and we're so excited for them. And this is Alan and Amy Johnson. They're coming also this morning to join our fellowship also, all from uh, sister churches in our association. And so we're excited for their decisions this morning. If you're excited this morning, would you say amen? Amen. And we're going to encourage you after uh, we do our announcements, they'll come back up here in just a moment. You come by and give them the right hand of fellowship. Let them know how glad you are for their decisions this morning. So y'all can have a seat back there for just a moment. And brother, if you'll come. Good morning. I'd like for you to keep Beverly Daniels in your prayers as she continues to recover from her stroke. Uh, the families of Mary Jo Quinn and Jack Hagee, both of these were former members of our church. They went home to be with our Lord this past week, so if you keep those families in your prayers. Remember, there's a deacons meeting today at 4. There is a brief missions committee meeting coming up right after this service. And deacons elections start next week. So if you would keep these things in your prayer, we would sincerely appreciate that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Lord, thank you for the seeds that were planted in Canada, Almighty Lord, and thank you for the seeds that have been planted in this community and these families coming forth to join our church and our fellowship. May Highland continue to be a beacon of light for you in this community. Just give us wisdom and guidance and help us serve you, dear Lord, in the name that we should. We ask these things in your son's holy name. Amen. <laughs> 